Okay, good morning, Okay, so um, we didn't have one last week, so I, I didn't want to skip this week about, you know, talk about other inyan, and want to go back to Sefer Yeshua. So let's, I want to finish off a little bit, the, we're up to the fifth chapter of Sefer Yeshua, Parakeh of Sefer Yeshua. I just want to finish, uh, finish off that. Again, it's late, so I want to keep it a little bit on the short side. If any, by the way, if anyone in the middle has to leave, like, don't, I'm not going to take it personally. I'm just going to assume that it's not as a statement against anything I said. It's just because you have to go. So, so don't worry about it. If you have to do that, it's fine. And if it is a statement against something I said, don't tell me, okay? So let me just go with that assumption that it's not, uh, that it wasn't offensive. Okay, so last, last time we learned we were holding in, uh, in Parakei Vesir for Yeshua, that the Jewish people crossed over the Yardane. Right? And Kla Yisrael all had a bris milah, right? Because we know that the generation that was in Mitzrayim, that was uh, in the desert, left Mitzrayim in the desert, they did not have at least a full bris milah or any bris milah because of the situation in the Midbar. So they had a bris milah right when they crossed over the Ardain. And so that's where we're holding right now. So let's just see if a handful of psukim is the end of safe of Perikei. On top is the a few psukim. And then we'll see some of my requirements. After the Jewish people all have a brismila now, so Hashem says to Yeshua Benun, Now finally that you have a brismila, now the 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 cherpa, the 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 busha that you had with Mitzrayim is now being removed. In other words, like what the Rebbeinu is saying that this is sort of the completion of Yitzchak Mitzrayim on some level. We were Mitzrayim. That was a terrible matziv. Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim with Pesach, but. The fact that we still had an Arla, we still had, we still have a bris milah, it was like a, st- a stickle shirayim from Mitzrayim. And so now that there's a bris milah, now finally the 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 the, the klip or the tum of Mitzrayim is being fully removed. And they called the place that they had the bris milah Gilgal. The name of the place was Gilgal. Gilgal comes to the word gal, which means to 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 be open, to be revealed, like the bris milah. Fine. The Gilgal. Pasuk says the Jewish people settled in Gilgal. They they camped they camped there. Pesach, and they kept the Karm Pesach. Because right, remember, bear in mind, this is just a few days before Pesach. They had the bris milah. They crossed over on Shabbos Agadol, and they uh, that's when they had the bris milah the next day. And so a few days later is, is Pesach. So they made the Karm Pesach. The evening of the fourteenth of Nisan. Pesach. On the other side of Yerichai in Eretz Yisrael proper. Now the pasuk continues. That the following day of Pesach itself, and so on, they ate matzah. They ate matzah, the kaloi, and uh, like uh, dried grain. That's that day. Now that's significant. The fact that they that they ate physical matzah, like wheat, and and so on. Because that was the day where the man officially ended. They, not, no man fell already from the time. Of Meisher Beinu Sistalkis, but they had leftovers. They were able to hold on to the leftovers until this point, and at this point, there was no man left. and therefore they were forced to eat of uh, the grain of the land. They they actually started eating real human food. They no longer had man. and they began to eat in that year the 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 produce of Eretz Yisrael. Fine. So so far two points. Yeah. Point number one, that the brismila was sort of the completion of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, number one. And number two, this was also the point of when the Jewish people stopped eating man, and they now were eating uh, regular you know, wheat and produce that was grown from the ground. Fine. Then the passage continues, 
it was at the table, this time where Yishuv is sort of on the outside of Yericha, because that's going to be the first city that they conquer. So Yishuv Vayar. so Yishuv picks up his eyes and he has a vision, he sees, a man is, appears before him, with an outstretched sword. Yeshua approaches a person, and he says to him, are you friend or foe? Are you with us or are you against us? What is, what is this? So this person, this being responds, Hashem. I am not a human being, friend or foe, I'm a malach of Hashem. It's one of the malachim. And I've come now to... Doesn't say what the message is. Vayipol Yeshua el panav arza. Yeshuvanon falls on his face. Vayishtachu and he bows. Vayoymerla and he and he says to the smalach ma adoni medaber lavdoi. What is my master speaking to his servant? What's the message? Vayoymer sartzav Hashem el Yeshua. So the malach of Hashem says to Yeshua, Shal nalcha maraglecha. The message is take your shoes off your feet. Ki amokim asharta oymed olav kaidashu. The place that you're standing upon is holy. The Yas Yeshua Kain, and so does Yeshua Bina. Okay, so what's the message? I mean, take, take your shoes off. What exactly is the message? So Bederk Pshat, on a very simple level, you take a look at Rashi. And before the, the simple Pshat, even though it's not explicit in the Pesukim, the message that the, this, this Malch is conveying is that you will be Matzliach. You'll be Matzliach. In other words, the ground under you is holy. It means Hashem is with you. And the first conquest you're about to undertake the next day, which is conquering the city of Yerichai, don't be worried, you're going to be Matzlech, Hashem is with you, that's the symbolism of taking your shoes off, in other words, you're in a holy place, the Shekhin is with you, everything's going to be okay. That's the simple shot. Now there's a well-known Gemara in Masechus Megillah that talks about this back and forth between the Malachi and Yishuv Anon, uh, not Alpi Pshat, but uh, we'll see. So if you take a look at the Maramakam, that's right beneath uh, those Pesukim. <coughs> so the Gemara Megillah, Beis and Aleph, extending to Beis and Beis, the Gemara says like this, that this is really what was behind the scenes of this conversation. Amr Lai, that the Malach was not just giving him chizik, that you're going to be Matzliach, the Malach was giving Yishuvanon Moser. What was the Moser? Emesh, the Malach says, yesterday, Yesterday, because in the evening, the previous night, you were all busy getting ready, and the Malchama preparing, Brismil and so on, getting everything ready. You were Mavatal, you neglected to bring the carbon Tomid, the afternoon sacrifice that's brought the, at the end of the evening, you neglected to do that. Now, during, uh, by the way, they also didn't bring the carbon of the morning. But during the day, they were definitely busy with preparing for battle, preparing themselves. So, Isaac and Mitzvah, it's part of the Mitzvah. But at nighttime, you know, there's not much to do. They're a little bit busy, but they should have found time to bring the Talmud Shalbein Rabbi. The Achshav, and now this evening, says the Malach, you're not learning. So also, Vaita, you're a little bit busy, but not busy so much, you should be able to be, find some time to learn. So those are the two things that you're Mavat. Amr Lais, Yeshubanon hears that, and Yeshubanon says, okay, Aleizim Embosan, which is the Iker issue. What's the Iker issue? So Amr Lai, so the Malach says, that's the Pasuk that the Gemara is quoting from, Ata Basi, I've come now. The word Ata is a remez to Talmud Tyre. Why? So Taisus over there, other Rishon to bring down, because it says in Pasuk, the Ata Kisvulachem is Ashira Zeis. The midst of writing a Sefer Torah starts with the word Ata, now write for yourself a Sefer Torah in the end of uh, Sefer Tvarim. So the word Ata is a reference to Talmud Torah. So the Malach says, Ata Vasi, I've come now. It means that even though you're Mavata, both things, carbon and, and Torah, Torah is the, word, the more severe issue. And so that's what the issue is. Miad, immediately, Yishobinon rectifies the issue. It's a, a puzzle that's a little bit later on. That Yeshua resides that night. He went to bed in the valley. 
What does that mean? Om Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Yechon, it says, Malamit Shalon Ba'umke Shal Halacha. That Yeshua Benon, to fix the issue of, of Bittal Torah, he himself uh, led the charge of descending into the depths of Halacha, to learning Tarsanigla, to learning Halacha Be'iyun. That's what Yeshua Benon was Masak. Okay, fine, that's the story. So we have a few things to think about. What, what, what are all the, we have a few disjointed things. We have, again, Brismila is the, is the finishing of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. We have the fact that they started eating regular human food. And we have this whole story with the Malach. What does one have to do with the other? What's the flow over here? What does one have to do with the other? And even with the story of the Malach, what exactly is the connection between the Pshat, which is that the Malach is giving Yeshua and Chizik that you'll be Matzliach, you'll be victorious in the battle. And what, how does that connect with the, what the Gemara says, what's the other conversation happening with about not learning and not bringing karbanas, and why is Yeshua Benon, why is it described in terms of like sleeping or, or residing in the, the valley of Halacha, the depth of Halacha Be'in? Of all the types of learning that he could have done, why did he choose to learn Halacha Be'in? Okay. Okay, in the Kisari we find the following idea. There are basically three stages. I've mentioned this before, so this should be somewhat familiar. There are three stages in a person's spiritual development, and they correspond to three stages in a person's physical development. There's what's called Ibor, Yanika, and Godless. Ibor means when you're in a state of, of a fetus in the womb, state of pregnancy. Then there's Yanika, which is now you're born, but you're still a little bit baby, nursing from the mother. And then there's godless, then there's already adulthood or, or maturity, where you, now you're already in the, in the, in the, in the, in the sugi, in the, in the domain of godless. Then you keep on growing and developing, but godless. Ibor, unique, and godless. Now, if you think about it, one of the major differences is between, let's go the two opposite ends, right? Ibor, when you're a fetus in the womb, and godless, when you're already, you know, mature, so that the, one Indian that's, that's, that's mamish, uh, opposite from one extreme to the other, is how are you nourished? When a baby's in the womb, when a baby's in the womb, as the Gemara says, the baby eats what the mother eats and drinks what the mother drinks. In other words, the process, when a, whenever a person eats, that, that's, a, that's a, a, a daunting task for a person's system. Because when a person eats, there's a lot of good things in food that obviously we want our bodies to absorb. There's a lot of stuff that we don't want. And the body has to go through a process, what's called birurim, of sifting through the good and the bad, trying to hold on to the good and, and, and dissecting the good from the bad and letting go of the refuse. And that's something that takes, I mean, we take it for granted. Baruch Hashem, we could do such a thing easily. I mean, sometimes uh, you don't feel well and you're reminded of that's it. not so pashat. But it's a big blessing and a big kaych to be able to do that. And a baby in the womb doesn't have the kaychas to do that. And therefore, the way Chazal already explained it, is that this process of eating, which demands birurim, of sifting through good and bad, that mulchama, that conflict, that war that, that your stomach is waging, you know, to figure it out and to only get the good and to get rid of the bad, that a baby is not able to handle. To such a degree it can't handle it, that it literally needs the mother to do the bulk of the work for, for it, and after the mother processes the food and all that's left is mamish good, so then the baby could consume the good what the mother was able to clarify. So, That's the definition of Ibor. The definition of Ibor is, spiritually speaking, where a person is so weak 
so weak that they're unable to handle this avoida, which we'll define in a moment what it means spiritually, this avoida of birurim, this avoida of sifting, of dealing with what's in front of you and trying to dissect, trying to um, sift through it and, and to only have the good and not the bad, to deal with things that are not so pure, to deal with things that are not so clean. That's something that a person, if they're not holding, if they're not able to handle that spiritually, then that means they're in a state of ibor. And a person in a state of ibor, their banishments rachmanis on such a person, and puts them in a cocoon, in an environment where they don't have to deal with that stuff. So it's like a famous word from the Kotzka, right? It says in Pirkei Avis that that as uh, a person's chutzpinyak, Gehenim, he goes to Gehenim. And the Ruach, a person that's a little bit more meek and patient and gentle, goes to Ganeidim. So that's what the Mishnah says. So the Kotzka used to teach it means like this. If you're strong and you have power and you're good, as is him, then the Rebbe would send you to Gehenim on your shlichus and you'll be okay. But if you're a soft person, you can't handle any mochama, you can't handle the, the concept of birurim, of sifting, of, of dealing with, with inyonim that are not so perfect, then the Rebbe has no choice but to send you to Gehenim, to, to Ganeidim. He has no choice. So there is such a thing where a person is, is holding spiritually in a place of ibor, where they can't handle this mulchama, this avoida, which again, we have to define it in a moment, this avoida birurim, so the Rebbe has no choice but to put them in an environment where, they, where, they're, where they're avoiding Beirurim. They're avoiding that issue, that Muhammad, that's called Ibar. Then you have the opposite extreme, godless. What's godless? Godless is you eat on your own. Godless is that you take in your own food and you go through that process of Beirurim on your own. And does, do you sometimes get, a, get sick? Yeah. But at the end of the day, that's what it means to be a godl. That's what it means to be a godl. What's interesting is, is Yanika. Yunika is somewhere in between, right? Somewhere in between. The baby's out of the womb. So on the one hand, it's not just uh, completely lost in that cocoon of the mother, but the baby's not eating real food in, that's, that, that the baby has to work through the Indian of good and bad. The baby's nursing from the mother. Nursing is an in-between stage. That's why even in halacha, the halacha is that the tzaya, the refuse that a baby makes while the baby's nursing is not halachically called tzaya. You could say Krishna and Brachas in front of it, that's not called Tsaya. Only when the baby begins to eat Tvua, when the baby begins to eat solid food on its own, then already the refuse of the baby, that's called refuse. You know, Mitzat Shenga, the Gemara also says that at the same time when the baby begins to eat real food, and that's already called entering in the state of godless. The baby's not an adult yet, but in, this, in terms of this quality of being able to embrace the avoida of what's called Birurim, of sifting through good and bad and doing it on your own. When the baby begins to eat, that's called godless. On the one hand, that means the tzoya, the refuse of the baby, that's called real tzoya, like any adult. You can't say kriyishma brachas in front of it and so on. Mitzah Sheni, the Gemara says, a klal, and the may bring this down a lot, is that a baby is unable to speak. Speaking, the, the, the Gemara's Lashon is that a baby does not say Abba or Ima. It's not able to, to say any words until it's Toyim Tam Tvua, until it begins to eat solid food. Because solid food already means that now, even on the one hand, it comes with difficulty. Now the baby can have a bellyache, and, and the Tzoya that, that it gives off is real Tzoya like an adult. But the, the, the Seichel begins to open with that. And the baby begins to speak and be an, be an adult, not just being this this uh, Elaine, this silent entity that's just part of the mother, that's what Godless is. <clears throat> what is the, so let's understand, this, let, let's try to pinpoint this Indian of Birurim, this Avaida of sifting through. This Avaida of sifting through, again, the, the marshal or, or the, the example that we've been giving until now is like the food, right? So food is the most obvious 
you know, the difference, Ibur, godless, and unique in between, it's with food. The Jewish people, before I get to the, the Jewish people, Bechlal, on a national level, also went through these three stages. The Jewish people in Mitzrayim, where are we holding spiritually? Very, very limited. The Jewish people's matziv in Mitzrayim, Chazal already described it as Uber Yerech Imai. says in Pasek, Goy Mikarev Goy. The Rabbanu Shalom took us out of Mitzrayim like one nation from within another nation. In Mitzrayim, we were so spiritually weak that we were in a state of Ibor. We were in a state of pregnancy. We could not eat anything on our own. We could not drink anything on our own. We weren't able to engage in, 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 in this avoida, which is called avoida Birurim, a sifting through good and bad, of dealing with real things of dealing with Gashmias, of dealing with Hester Pot. We, we weren't able to handle that stuff. So Rabbanu Shalom had to sort of, spiritually speaking, put us in this cocoon where we were like sort of turned off, turned off, and we don't even sense the fact that we're in Gullus. Everything is just numb. We're just unconscious. That was the extreme of Gullus Mitzrayim. After we left Mitzrayim, so although there was a birth, there was a lady there like Chris Yamsuf, and that's why blood is a major theme, Mitzrayim and so on, the Dam Leda. So there was a birth that happened with Yitzhak Mitzrayim. But what happens after birth is not, not godless, Yanika. Yanika is still a little bit from that old world of Ibor, right? This is what was happening in the Midbar. Throughout the Midbar that were eating mon and drinking from miraculous waters coming out of Iraq, that's the Bechin of nursing. That's what the Gemara says. There was no Tzoya. When they ate mon and they drank from the Be'er Miriam, there was no refuse. Because although we were out of that womb of Mitzrayim, and we were on our own, but we weren't fully on our own yet. We weren't able to engage in this avoida of birurim, of, of actually eating real food, of solid food, which brings inyonim that are not so nice and not so clean, but that's what it means to be an Adam Gadol, is to be able to handle that. Kal Yisrael, we're out of Mitzrayim, so now we have our, we have our, our senses about us, we're a little bit strong to be a, lo- a little bit independent, but not so independent. What was happening at this point, at the end of Parakei Sefer Yeshua, is that the Jewish people are collectively entering into that place, that madrega, that's called godless. And when you're going into godless, it means that you're now finally, finally able to engage in that avoid, which is called birurim, of, of, of dealing with something which is earthly, mundane, human, has good and has bad, and you deal with it. And you deal with it. You're not sitting back and just being supported and being helped by uh, powers above, eating what your mother already went through, drinking what your mother already processed. And so what was happening at this moment, after the brismila, and the Jewish people are now gedolim, they're now entering into that place of godless, this is what's happening over here. They are now no longer eating the mun, they're no longer eating the mun, they're no longer drinking from the well of Miriam, they're now eating for the first time human food. And what happens when you eat human food? It's birurim. It's birurim. It's not so posh. It's not as spiritually beautiful. It's not as, uh, it's not as uh, picturesque as eating the man. But that's called the avoid. That's called in, 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 embracing the avoid of birurim, of sifting through, of dealing with things that are not so posh, not so clean, not so holy, and finding the holy and rejecting the unholy, of going through that mulchama. This is why this is happening right before we enter the first battle of Yerichai. Because the entire Indian of Kibush arts of conquering Eretz Yisrael, is, is a reflection of this general avoid of life of conflict, of birurim, of not sitting in a, not being allowed to just sit in a cocoon of a base medrash or a, or a base amigdash and a mishkan and a midbar somewhere with Maisha Now you're in real life dealing with inyanim of Hester Panim, 
dealing with a yinam that are human, mundane, and your avayda is to try to sift through that and to get to the oichel, get the positive, and reject mm-hmm. the negative, which is something that takes, it takes godless to do that. And that the whole inning of kibush of Eretz Yisrael, of conquering Eretz Yisrael, going from one city to the next, of converting, of converting Eretz Canaan into Eretz Yisrael, means that when you go to Eretz Canaan, it means there's a lot of good there. It has the potential to be Eretz Yisrael. But guess what? Until you work it through, there's a lot of bad there too. There's the seven nations, and it's officially under the jurisdiction of Canaan. And when the Jewish people go from place to place, it's like they're consuming that area and digesting it, hold, finding the good of it and rejecting the negative. Finding the good, rejecting the negative. That's the process of eating. That's the process of beruruma, sifting through. Every time you go to work and you're engaged in a particular the situation at work, that's called Birurim. This situation that's in front of you has the potential to be very good and holy, but sometimes it has the potential to be very bad. And it's all mixed up. And you have to be an Adam Gadol. You have to embrace Godless. To what? To engage in that Misa and have a good digestive system to hold on to the good. And the good becomes very good. And then when it becomes clarified, the bad makes itself known and it becomes very bad. And you reject it. And that process, that's called turning Eretz Canaan into Eretz Yisrael, by finding the quality of the land that has in Eretz Yisrael, has Kedusha, and everything else that until now was mixed into it, was, and was uh, enveloping it, is now being rejected. And and you reject, and you get rid of Eretz Canaan, and you find the Eretz Yisrael within Eretz Canaan. That's Havayt of Berurim. Therefore, again, let's understand, what's happening at this moment is the Jewish people finally entering into that stage of godless, where we're now able to consume real food, which brings soya, which brings excrement, and it brings refuse, which is not good. But finally, you're able to have seichel. This is what it means to be an Adam God. That's godless. This is what it means when the Pasik says, now that you're entering into Eretz Yisrael, and you're beginning this process of conquest, which is birurim, which is connected to eating real food, right? Now you're finally finished with Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Because again, what was Mitzrayim? You were in a state of ebor, a state of pregnancy. And even when you left Mitzrayim, you weren't fully out because you're in a stating where you're in a state of unique of nursing and nursing is still a little bit holding on to that that place of pregnancy right because you're still not you're still eating what your mother ate and drinking what your mother drank maybe it's not as extreme as pregnancy but it's still in that world of not being able to stand on your own and do avoid this and do this process of sifting on your own still can't do it but now that you're entering into Eretz Yisrael and you're finally no longer eating man and no longer drinking from the well of Miriam and you're eating real food and you have a bris milah, so your, your kedusha is strong enough now to be able to handle godless, now this is cool. It says the Rebbe Shalom, I am now removing from you cherpas Mitzrayim. Now you're officially out of Mitzrayim. Now it's ready done. Now you're in a state of godless. What, now this is what the Malach, going, this, continuing on, this was the most of the Malach was giving Yeshua Benun. Yeshua Benun, again, on his level, was struggling with this, of when do we exactly embrace the Avoid of Birurim. And you sh- like every time there's a transition in Tkufa, a trans- transition in, 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 in generational mindset, there's always a risk of being a little bit too early or a little bit too late, you know? Yeshua Benun was struggling with this, again, in his level, and on his level he was a, a little bit too late to, to make that change. The Indian of a carbon tummy. What's the Indian of a carbon? A carbon is achila, right? Kviachal. We talk about ach- the, the pasuk describes a carbon as if it's the Rabbanishlam's food. Mm-hmm. The whole Indian of carbon is what taking an animal, taking something very physical. When you look at it, maybe there's, there's holiness wrapped up in there. There's some. 
there's a potential carbon in there, but it's wrapped up in all sorts of things that are not so pure, not so holy. So what's a carbon? A carbon is the avoid of sifting through. You take out the imurim and you designate what's tashem and what has to be burnt. The whole inning of a carbon is Jewish people on a national stage embracing this avoid of birurim, sifting through, of going through something that's mixed up with good and bad, holding on to the good and rejecting the bad. Yeshua Benun was a little bit late to the party. So he was mavatel the Tamit Shul Ben Rabbaim. And the Malach comes to tell him that now you're, you're going to be matzliach in your battle against Yerichai. You're going to be matzliach. What does it mean to be matzliach in the battle? It means it's time for Birurim. If there, if, in other words, if, you're, if it's not yet the time, if you're still holding by unique, if you're still holding by that place of we don't have the strength to do this, we need to eat what Hashem, what our mother eats and drink what our mother drinks and so on. We're not holding by Birurim yet, then guess what? then you shouldn't be fighting Yerichai. Remember, what was the simple shot of what the Malach said? The simple shot was, must, the land that you're standing on, the land, the ground that you're standing on is holy. What does it mean, the ground they're standing on? It means, you're in Eretz Yisrael. Don't think of this as Eretz Canaan. You have the Kaichas to discover in the land that's under your feet the Eretz Yisrael quality of it. I, what about the Canaan part of it? That means you have the ability to discover the Eretz Yisrael part and to reject the Eretz Canaan part. That is the Avay Devirurim. Bring Karbonus. Bring Karbonus. Karbonus means the process of Birur. It means the process of, of divine eating. That's what Karbonus means. It means the process of taking something physical and somehow finding a way to isolate the spiritual from it and to reject the refuse. That's what a carbon is about. That's what a carbon is about. You're up, and by bringing a carbon, you're uplifting all physical life. How? Mm-hmm. By uplifting the, the quality that can be uplifted and rejecting the part of it that has to be rejected. That's the, 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 the ashes that are produced at the end of the carbon. No, the, 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 the ashes have to then be brought off the mizbech. It's all part of the process of Birur. So why uh, you came for the Talmud Torah? Oh, then, so Talmud Torah. So Talmud Torah. He was also Mavat al Talmud What does it mean Talmud so, and the, the specific type of Talmud Torah that he was mavato was not just any learning, it was learning halacha bi'in. Take a look at Marmokka number two, okay? Let's try to do this quickly. This is from the Rizal Shar HaMitzvah, Parshas Veschanan, okay? In, in, in Parshas Veschanan, the Rizal talks about the Indian of learning Torah. Listen to what the Rizal says. This is Rechaim Vital talking about his Rebbe, the Rizal. Begam bi'in esek halacha bi'in. When it came to learning halacha, learning nigla, learning gemara bi'iyun, imachaverim with the other talmidim, Reisi the Marizal said that Rebbe Chaim Vital, I saw by Merevi, by Dari, misgaber kari bekoyach, that the Rizal was mamish mechazik himself to be like a lion, be'eshay oisig ba'alacha, when he was involved in learning nigla and gemara and halacha, ad shayinila umazia zeigadoyla, to the point of where he was mamish drenched in sweat from the effort that he put in to get to the bottom of a sugi in halacha. V'sha'alt yispiv, and says Rechaim Vital, I asked my Rabbi, I asked him, Why are you, why, I see that you're really like going out of your way to be matriach, to, to put in that effort. Why? Why are you pushing so hard? So the Arizal responded, Said the Arizal, whenever you're learning in a sugi, whenever you engage in nigla, that's called birurim. Because the sugi that presents itself to you, you're learning a piece of gemar, whatever it is. So first, they're, they're, the, the process is, first you read it, and then you have kashas. You don't understand, right? There's kashas you have, whether you don't understand, a contradiction to something else, kashas. Where's the kashas coming from? What does that mean you have kashas? Kashas mean, said the reason, questions that you have been learning means that the, the, what you're in, what's in front of you is mixed up with klipa. It's mixed up with impurity. The Torah that's in front of you, 
that, as far as you're concerned, vis-a-vis your neshama, is not purified yet. <laughs> the avoid of learning is what is the avoid of birurim. You have to go through, you have the sugi that's all mixed up, and it's mixed up with holiness, and there's some unholy, un- unholiness stuff that's mixed up in there. And you have to digest this sugya. You have to go through that process of sifting, of holding on to the good and rejecting the bad. How do you do that? It's by answering the kashas that you have in learning. The questions that come up in a person's learning is the, it's, it's, it's the klipa, it's the, it's the refuse of the food that's making itself known. It's making itself apparent to you. It's the shell that's blocking you from being able to consume the pure food of the nut, so to speak. And you have to break that shell. And when you answer kashas in learning, what you're doing is breaking klipas. That's what you're doing. You're, 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 you're going through this process of clarifying the Dvar Hashem in the sugya that's in front of you. And by doing so, by clarifying the Dvar Hashem, you are rejecting the, the other elements that are in the reality besides the Dvar Hashem. You're rejecting that. That's the, that's the process of learning Gemara B'iyan. That's what he says. Again, he has the Heish of voice. The Rizal said, When a person is learning what you're doing is, your objective is to break klipas, to, to, to reject the Sitra Achra, and to all the Koychas HaTumah that are in your life. In other words, think of it this way. We ourselves are full of Tumah. We're full of Yetzar. We have all of our Inyanim. Our Inyanim reflect themselves in the Torah that we're learning. They reflect themselves in terms of the learning. Whenever you learn something and you're presented with a kasha, you don't understand something, it's not the Gemara's problem. The problem is, is that your own inyan, the klipa, the yitzhara, the tumah that you have inside of you, is making itself known in the Gemara that you're learning. And by you answering that kasha, to the best of your ability, obviously, that's called sifting through yourself. It means you're sifting through the klipa, you're sifting through your own inyanim and finding the kedusha in yourself as it's reflected in the Gemara that you're learning, and rejecting the Tumah in yourself as it's reflected in the Kasha that you, that you, uh, that you, that you are facing. Every, the Torah is a reflection of us, and, and, and the process of learning, the Ion, of going through Kashas and coming up with Tirutzim, of the Mechalik, of dissecting, of finding the very, very good, and rejecting the very, 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 very false, that itself is the process of Birurim. So let's go back. Again, that's what Yishuvanun is doing. So what the Malach is giving, what's the Malach's Musr to Yishuvanun? The Malach's Musr is, it is now time for godless. You're already past Ibor, you already left Mitzrayim. But now it's time to even get, at, get away from Yenika. There's no more Man. Now you have to eat Mitzvah's arts. You have to eat from the, from the produce of the earth, which means digest. It means that you have to engage in Yericha, you have to engage in those battles. You have the Kaychis to find the Eretz Yisrael beneath the Eretz Canaan. You have the, the responsibility to fight that war of sifting through the good and the bad and holding on to the good and rejecting the bad, converting everything into Eretz Yisrael. That's your Avaidah right now. Bring Karbanas, but especially learn B'iyan, right? Learn B'iyan, because what does it mean to learn B'iyan? It means B'irurim. It means embracing that Avaidah B'irurim. So what is Yishu B'nun? How is his, what's his response to the Malach? He goes to learn Gemar Bian. Halacha Bian, that's what he does. To face kashas in learning and try to the best of his ability to answer them. Because that's exactly the Indian. In other words, therefore, when a guy is sitting and learning, again, it doesn't matter whatever madriga you're on, any level that, of Torah that you're on, everyone has questions in their learning. It could be, you could be a Rechaim Brisker, or you could be a Pashidiyah like myself, and you're just sitting and learning, you have kashas. But any kasha that you have and you struggle to answer, to the best of your ability, and even trying is, uh, you know, to the best of your ability. So that means not only are you 
bringing, are you explaining that Gemara or explaining that halacha? That's obvious. But you're also sifting through your own neshama. And on a much more collective level, all neshamas are intercluded with each other. You are making it easier for everyone to become a bigger tzaddik. Because everyone is mixed up with the good and bad. And, and, and when you can sift through a particular aspect of Torah and to clarify the good and to pull out the good and reject the bad, that, that, that has a ripple effect with every single yid that, that exists to give them a little bit more of a boost to find the good in themselves and to reject the bad in themselves. This avoid of Birurim, we're all a network like that. The more you do it for yourself, the more automatically it has an effect with every single yid in this process of Birurim. So you can have a guy that's sitting and learning and uh, like breaking his head to answer a kasha or a or something in a Taisus in Yavamis. And you have another Jew on the side of the planet that's struggling with, with, the, with a test of should I keep Shabbos, should I not? And eventually he's Ami bin Yisoyin, he withstands the test and he keeps Shabbos. Where did he get the Kaychas from? Maybe the guy that, maybe at that moment, who knows, maybe the, the, the guy that his Nisham is connected to broke through the kasha or who knows? And he was Mavar Birurim, and he clarified that suga for himself, and that has a ripple effect, and gave that Jew the kaychis to be able to withstand it, and vice versa. Maybe it went the other way. Maybe the guy that's struggling with the sign of Shabbos, and he finds himself the strength to sift through that moment and hold on to the good of Shabbos and reject the negative of Saturday, and so he went through that process of Birurim, and that had a ripple effect and helped the guy sitting in Bnei Brak answer the Kashuk Vegar. We don't know how, which way it goes. probably goes both ways on some level. So but that's, that when Mashiach comes, he's going to make Shaduchim between all these Yidin. And we're going to realize we've all been in the same process. This is what hap- what's happening when you're learning. This is what's happening when you're engaged in a Yitzhar in Yisayan, of where the Yitzhar is presenting in front of you a situation which has good in it, but is mixed up with bad. And your Avayd is Beirurim, digested. Hold on to the good, Shabbos, and reject the bad. It's Saturday. That's the way it is. Make a business deal. Hold on to the good, the potential money in there that's going to be used for tzedakah and to protect and to support a family and to be happy, all that stuff, and reject the bad, which is the side of the money that might be used for negative things. This, this and as this avoid of birurim is true on every level. It exists in Torah learning. That's called learning learning the in. It's true with eating food. It's true with parnasa. Every time a person is working, people ask me this question all the time, like what, you know, they listen to a share something, they're all inspired and ruchnias, and they have to go to work. I'm like, uh, what is work? I don't care, listen, I don't, I don't care what business you're in. At the end of the day, business boils down to one thing. This guy has too much of X, this guy has too much of Y, right? And you're making a shidduch. That, that, that's what business is at the end of the day, right? Whatever X is, whatever Y is, that's basically what it boils down to, right? And this is, this is, this is someone that did not go to business school, you understand? But that, that's, that's, that's basically what it, what, it, <coughs> what it seems to me. That itself is Birurim. This guy is too much of something. There's, pretend, there's good, it's too much is no good. This guy is too little, also no good. You're making, you're making peace, you're, you're making Birurim, you're sifting through. Notice, this guy, what's the shot? This guy has too much money. He doesn't have too much money. This guy has money, part of the money that, that's in his account is really supposed to be by this guy. Uh, this guy is too much lumber. He's in, he's in the lumber business. And this guy has no lumber, but he has a lot of money, right? What's the shot? Shot is some of this guy's lumber is really supposed to be by Yenem, and some of this guy's money is supposed to be by the lumber guy. And so what you're doing is, is, is sifting. That's what you're doing in business. You're sifting. What amount of money is supposed to be by him and supposed to be by the other guy, and what amount of product is supposed to be by this guy and, supposed to be, and not by the other guy? That, it's all about making shalom, even if you're a lawyer or something. It's also about 
about sifting through truth. Everything boils down to Birurim. It all started with the world being created in a state of chaos, and everything we're about doing in this world is about Birurim, if you're in the world of godless. So everything you do is a sugya. One person is doing this process of Birurim in Yavamis, and the other guy is doing it in the lumber business. It, it's all the same. And another guy's doing it as a farmer, which is literally Birurim, right? The Yavamish uh, seed, which has all sorts of good stuff, but a lot of stuff that's unnecessary. And he's going through the process of sifting, of eventually taking that seed and coming up with a loaf of bread with a lot of stuff in between that's now unnecessary. And all that stuff was in the seed. And his, pro- his avoid is what? Is to find the good and reject the bad. Everything is Birurim. And this is what the re- let's, let's, let's just finish up from the Maramukha number two because it's, it's a Gavaldiga piece. So again, the Rizal says, uh, third line, again, Vaishabla, the Rizal said, when it comes to learning the Ian, the ending of, of learning the Ian is to break Klippus. Which are the conscious that you have in learning. It's the Klippus, the Yitzar, the Tumma that's not allowing you to understand the Gemara or the Halacha. That's what's happening. If a person has to put an effort to mamish, weaken himself in this avoid of Birurim, of going to Muhammad, you're literally. You're literally conquering Eretz Canaan and converting it to Eretz Yisrael every time you learn and try to break your head and to understand what you're learning. Or every time you go to work and are trying to be honest, every time you eat and make a bracha, it's all converting Eretz Canaan into Eretz Yisrael. The Rebbe records also when it came to the sitting of Pilpul of learning Gemar B'Iyan, he would, he would say this very often there, that the purpose of learning, the purpose of learning the end is what? Is to break the klipas. Shema kushis. It's the sitra achra, it's the psoilas that's causing these questions to have shame balacha. That we don't initially have the answers unless you work hard. As it's known with learning, you have to work hard in order to get a good answer. Now he does say a point like this. This might uh, ruffle some feathers, but Lamaisa, the Rizal says, the, the essence of learning is not breaking klipas. It's like, it's like when you have nuts in front of you. The tachlis is not just to break shells. The tachlis is to break shells and then to eat. So the tachlis is, you know, very often in yeshiva, you spend a lot of time, many years, learning how to learn. Skavaldik. Learning how to learn means you're spending years breaking shells. <laughs> But in the meantime, you're starving to death, right? So sometimes you have to learn how to learn. You have to break klipas, but you also have to learn, right? What does it mean to learn? It means to amass knowledge. Knowledge. He says, he says, Eisekatar Mamish, actually learning though, Einohiyan, is not the, the, the Ian which is breaking the kashas. Rakriyasatar Batsma, it means to actually learn through the words of Chazal and the words of Rishainim, the words of Achrainim. Amass knowledge, whatever the, whatever the level is, Pshat, Remez, Drush, and Sight, but amassing knowledge, that's actual Torah learning. But in order to eat the food in a way that it's purely digestible and it's not going to get you, give you an upset stomach, so you go through the process of breaking the shells because you don't want to eat the shells also. But, that, but, that, but, but you have to balance, right? So in other words, a person spending his whole life breaking shells and he's starving to death, it's a chaval. And if a person's only eating nuts, but he's never breaking the shells, it's also terrible for his stomach. So it's a, it's a matter of balance. He says this example, a person wants to eat a nut. You have to break the shell first. So when you're learning, you try to do the best you can to figure out what you're learning. It's not just like reading the words. You want to understand what you're saying to whatever level. 
But at the end of the day, you have to do both. You have to do both. And he says, you should know my Rebbe, the Rizal, the Rizal was very quick in his, in his, in his mind, he was very, very quick in order to get to the bottom of a sukkah very quickly. And the way of the Rizal was, every particular sukkah he learned, he would go through Vov Drachim Shal Pilpul, he would go through six different approaches in that particular sukkah, six different approaches in, in Nigla, in the revealed way, corresponding to the six days of the week. And then he would relearn the sugya a seventh way, al Shabbos, we don't do birurim, right? There's no bayeriz asr on Shabbos. Shabbos is kuli oichel. Everything is good on Shabbos. That's why, by the lot of mikubal, they say that on Shabbos, if a person is zaycha to be able to learn pnimis atorah, one should not learn nigla on Shabbos, because nigla automatically is going to bring up shells, and that's not the need of Shabbos. Or if a person is not holding by ian. That not holding by Pneus it's also recommended on Shabbos to learn a little bit more Bikiyas than usual. Because Vaitr, it's, it's, it's disengaging a little bit from the Klippa. Again, all learning is good, don't get me wrong. But this is just what's going on over here. So the whole Inya of Parakei, again, let's stand off. The end of Parakei is this Inya, the Jewish people finally, finally getting to that place of godless. And godless means you're eating on your own, it means you're being Mavar Birum on your own, it means you're learning Halacha Biyan and you're dealing with Kashas, it means you're being Karbanis. It means conquering No, so we should go uh, go make birurim. Bet Hashem, we do enough of that. We'll be able to turn this place into Eretz Yisrael. The Vieskol Tzadik Meir Vimeinu Amen.